Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for this weekend, we have probably one of the most powerful parables that Jesus has ever taught, the parable of the prodigal son. Now, why is this so important? Well, because within this parable, we have everything that we need to know about the spiritual life. Therefore, we have to tend to this parable very carefully. In fact, every detail is important for us to understand. Now, notice how it begins. It said, a father had two sons. We'll stop right there. From the very beginning, it tells us this parable is about us. The father is God. The sons are us, humanity. Therefore, it talks about our relationship with God. First and foremost, we learn from this parable that this father is very generous to his sons. He gives them everything that they could possibly want or need. Well, so too does God for us. God is the giver of everything, including life itself. And it begins at our baptism. At the moment of our baptism, our life is joined, united to the life of Jesus Christ. Never to be separated for all of eternity, giving us the promise of immortality. And so if we truly believe that we participate in a life with Christ, then we also participate in his will, which is always to do the will of the Father. More importantly, just as God freely gives everything to us, so we must do the same. We must willingly give of our time, our talent, and our treasure to serve God and others in this world. And so as we give, we receive even more. Now, what we have to recognize is we have to give ourselves away. Just like God gave himself away on the cross to save us, so we give ourselves away in service to God and others in this world. See, when we imitate the generosity of God, then we are drawn into a deeper and deeper life with Christ. Now, no, next in the story, the young son says to his father, give me my inheritance. Give me my share of the inheritance. Well, where has we echoed those words before? Well, Adam and Eve has spoken those words. Essentially, the son is repeating the same wrong that Adam and Eve committed. Essentially, the son is telling the father, I want to live my life according to my terms, my way. He's refusing to live with the father and live by the father's will for him. You know, Adam and Eve did the same thing. And the very act of grasping for that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were saying the same thing to God. They didn't want God to you know, tell them how to live their lives. They wanted to live their lives according to their terms, their ways. They wanted to live their will according to the way they want it, rather than God's will. And so, original sin was ushered into this world. Well, the son is saying the same thing to the father. Now, take it to a very practical level. When do we receive our inheritance? 
Well, when a loved one dies. Well, what is this young man saying to his father? Hurry up and die so I can receive my inheritance. Now, I don't think there is anything more colder, harsher, or insulting than just that. For a child to say that to their parent. They look upon their parent not with love, but in terms of money, what they're going to get from that parent when they die. Now, does the father become insulted? Does he become angry and withhold the inheritance? No. He does exactly what the son wants him to do. He divides up his property and gives the young son his share of the inheritance. Now, what is the father really doing? He's saying to the son, if you want to go, fine, go. I'm not going to keep you. Well, take it to a spiritual level. See, this is what God gives us, free will. Free will to accept or reject God. Free will to accept or reject God's will for us. God gives us that free will because he loves us so much. And so free will is a great and yet it's a very terrible truth for us all. Now, the young man, he gathers up his stuff and he goes. It says he goes and wandered into a distant land. Now remember, the Bible was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word that describes the distant land or the country that he wandered in is the Koromatra. The Koromatra, when translated into English, means a great empty space. Well, think of it. When this man was with his father, he had everything. You know, he had everything that he could possibly want. And now he gives that away. He goes into a distant land. He goes into this empty space. He's basically lured into the world. This young man felt that the world, whatever it was, fame, fortune, notoriety, honor, power, whatever it is, could give him meaning and purpose in life. And yet it didn't. That's why he feels this great empty space. As I've said before, we are all wired for God. Each and every one of us has an infinite longing for the divine in our life. And yet, if we attach that infinite longing for God in our life to something else in this world, just like this young man did, then we are in a deep, empty space in our life. Then nothing in this world can satisfy that infinite longing for God in this world, whatever it is. And that's why this man went destitute. He spent all of his inheritance because he thought whatever this world had, it would give him purpose, meaning, fulfillment, and happiness in life. And yet, what happened? He blew it all. He was left with nothing. Now he's destitute. You know, that's a great example for us in the spiritual life. You know, we are lured by the world. The world tells us we can find happiness and peace and fulfillment in anything. Riches, power, fame, fortune, whatever it is. And yet, if we are duped by that, if we fall for that, we're going to be just like this young man. We're going to be in a deep or great empty space such that we're longing. And nothing in this world can satisfy that longing but God and God alone. Now, it's a basic biblical truth. By the very measure in which we give ourselves away, you know, in service to God and others in this world, God takes it, he multiplies it, and he gives it back to us. I'll give you a great example of that. My buddy, about 10 or 12 years ago, he and his wife decided to tithe in order to grow spiritually in the love of Christ. And so they did just that. They tithed. They gave 10% of what they had to God. Now, it was 10%, not 
after taxes, but 10% before taxes. And now they had to basically budget. It was tight. But nonetheless, they did just that. Now, what did they receive from this? Blessings from God. How much so? That every year that they tithed, every year, both he and his wife received bonuses or pay increases that were above and beyond 10%. And they were rewarded for their generosity. So it's a great example of what we're learning here in this story. Here is this son. He thought he could get everything, you know, in the world if he left the father. And yet, if he'd stayed with the father, he would have received everything. Here this man is now destitute. He's without a job. He has no money. He is hungry. He has no roof over his head. He goes and hires himself out and basically attends to a very disgusting job as tending to swine. He goes back and he thinks about his father and his servants. That is, even the father's servants are treated better, have more to eat. And so he comes to his senses. And so he goes back. Now, notice the detail here. It said, the father caught sight of him. That's powerful. Why? Because the father never wrote him off. The father never said, hey, this son of mine, he took everything of me. He never loved me. Therefore, I will never remember him. But he does just the opposite, doesn't he? You know, he's waiting for his son. He's constantly watching, waiting for him to come back. He never forgot him. Each day, he stood at that window, watching and waiting for his son. Well, God does the same thing for us. Even if we wander away from God, even if we wander away from the church, God will not forget us. He won't write us off. He won't be angry with us. Instead, he'll be watching, waiting for us to come back. Now, notice next, it said, the father then runs to his son. Now, if there's anyone that should be running, it should be the son back to the father, begging for forgiveness. But the father runs to his son. Now, realize the importance of this. In the ancient world, this was a very patriarchal society. Older men were held in high esteem. They were thought to have great wisdom and honor. It's kind of like the Godfather movies, where the Godfather would sit in the chair and everyone else would come to him out of honor and give him respect. Well, now the, this father is doing just the opposite. He's running to his son. Well, older men in the ancient world didn't do that. This was very undignified. And yet the father doesn't care. He just wants to embrace and welcome his son back. Well, our God does the same thing. Our God is a God that does a very undignified act. He dies on a cross, a criminal's death, next to two criminals. That is a very undignified act. But God does that in order to save us. And see, that tells us God's quest for us. As I said last week, the whole spiritual life is about God's search or his quest for us. God's desire for us is infinitely greater than our desire for him. Another thing, notice how the story begins with the son running away from the father. How does it end? With the father running to the son. Now notice, the son embraces the father and he says, he you know, basically begs for the father's forgiveness. The father says nothing. He's already forgiven. He says, Put the finest robe upon him. Well, in the ancient world, clothing was a means of identity. Well, essentially now, the son's identity 
has been refashioned. He truly has been reclaimed by his Father. So too with us. Our identity is deeply rooted in Christ. And it started with baptism, in which a baptismal gown was placed upon us as a child when we were baptized, so that now our identity is rooted in a life with Christ. Next, the Father says, put a ring on his finger. A ring is a sign of connection. Now the Son is reconnected with his Father. Finally, he said, put sandals on his feet. Well, in the ancient world, only slaves walked around barefooted. And the Father does not want his Son to be thought of as a slave. Instead, his relationship with the family is restored. So too with us. You know, our relationship with God is not master to servant. No, God doesn't want that. It's a family. God is our Father and we are his children. Now, you'd think this story ends here, but instead it only heats up. The older son, he finds out what's going on, and he's angry. Now, for you and me, our first inclination would be, yeah, he should be angry. But notice how these sons are very much close together. They're very much like each other. Why? In the way they treat their father. They treat their father in in economic terms. What does the young son say to the father at the beginning of the story? Give me my inheritance. What does the older son say at the very end? I slaved for you, and you never even gave me a goat to share with my friends. Now notice the father's response. He says to the older son, Son, you have been with me always. Everything that I have is yours. I think this is what God says to us each and every day of our lives. He tells us, as long as you are with me, everything is yours. Everything that you ever will ask for, you will be given. God's strength, his grace, his prayers, his blessings, and his life, and eternal life to to be that. And so I think what we have to do is be a living reflection of that generosity. We must continually give ourselves over to God and to others in this world just as God has given himself over to us in so many different ways. See, that's why this parable is such a powerful parable. It's the blueprint to the spiritual life. Strongly encourage you, take some time this week, reread this scripture passage, this parable. This is a parable about us in relationship with God and how God gives us everything we possibly can in life, both in this world and the world to come. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.